Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm Sherry Budziak, CEO and founder of Source. Association 4.0 is how we describe the skills needed to navigate Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Hello, and welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin Martledge, and I'm a senior consultant with Source. Today, I'll be interviewing a member of one of Source's longtime clients, Beth Taylor, who's the Chief Financial and Administration Officer for the Precast Free Stress Concrete Institute in Chicago. Well, Beth, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining me today. Um, before we start, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about PCI and share with us your background and career leading up to and including your current position uh, with the organization. Okay. Um, PCI is a trade association and institute for the pre-stressed, pre-cast concrete industry. Um, We have producers, installers, and suppliers. We have a few individual members, professional members, like architects, engineers, some of that, but mostly it is, most of our revenue and most of our members are drawn from organizations, companies. Uh, We provide for our members Our major piece is certification for plants, installers, and personnel. We provide education to help folks get certified. Uh, A major piece of our organization, since we're called an institute, is that we we develop and get approved codes and standards for the industry. We have about 40 committees, if not more. They're all working committees to mostly on the technical side to develop those standards, as well as on the certification to make sure that we have a very good certification program. And then we also have a fund for research and development. Me, I, um, I've been working in the not-for-profit industry for over 30 years. Um, I've worked for both charitable, trade, no, charitable and professional membership organizations. This is my first trade association. Um, I've been here for a little over three years. I've been in various roles in various organizations. I would say in the last 15 years or so, it's mostly been at the senior like CFO level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really enjoy being at PCI right now. We have a good group of people and I enjoy working with them. Uh, that's great. And I, I can tell you that, you know, working with you over the last couple of years on, on various projects, you, you just bring just such a, a great wealth of knowledge, not only to PCI, but just to, you know, the work that we've been doing with you. So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate that in- introduction and, and kind of overview of PCI. Um, so with that kind of introduction out of the way, let, let's kind of dive into today's topic, which is COVID-19 and how PCI has not only navigated through the complex issues of the past year, um, but I'd also like to talk a little bit about some of the things you're doing as an organization as you work towards returning the team back to the office on a more regular basis. Um, and I think, you know, just to provide a little bit of context around our discussion and our questions today, um, I think it's important for our listeners to know that not only have you been going through the pandemic like everybody else, um, but you also went through the, the very detailed um, process of decommissioning your old office, downtown mm-hmm. Chicago, And you made a move to your new office out by O'Hare International Airport, which also included a complete remodel and build out of the new space. So not only are you doing all that, 
you're also dealing with the pandemic and everything that came along with that that we've all been navigating through. So tell me a little bit, how challenging has it been to na not only navigate a move like that, but also the pandemic at the same time? <clears throat> well, one of the things I learned in a prior organization that also went through a complete move like this was <laughs> the best thing to do in those circumstances is hire a project manager because you don't have anybody you don't necessarily have anybody on staff that has capacity nor skill set to do that. And if you really want it to go smoothly, you need to have someone. And in this case, we had an external person who had a little more authority <laughs> than necessarily <laughs> staff just nagging people. So I would sure. say that was the biggest thing. Um, I would get, in that case, I would get a project manager. And even more so in this case with COVID, because we had to do things like, plan who could be in the office because you couldn't have more than three to four people in the office at a time mm -hmm. in addition to who was going to have to clean the basement mm -hmm. um who's <laughs> you know and making sure that everything got done we did have some complications well not complications delays because of covid sure now uh the factory that was supposed to make our furniture turned into a ppe for a month creating you know providing ppe then mm -hmm. the build out took a little bit longer because folks weren't allowed, the contractors weren't allowed to get into the building for a while. Mm -hmm. So we got into the building probably about a month to a month and a half later than we did. But then we had mm -hmm. to do the same thing on the other side, which is you can only have a few people in the office once you got to the new office for them to be able to come in and unpack. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, since some of those folks have unpacked, they have not been back. Sure, sure. Um, due to COVID. We were fortunate in that because we knew the move was going to impact some folks' commutes, mm -hmm. we had already made an internal decision, which made the whole transition with COVID much easier. Mm -hmm. We made sure that we moved most of our platforms to the cloud. We um, made sure everybody had a laptop so that they were able to just take their laptop and go home and work. Uh, so we didn't have to worry about folks having desktops and not being able to work from home. Sure. Um, we also um, put in, we also uh, made sure that folks, if they needed, they needed any help with computers or as part of the move, we got rid of a lot of monitors, mm -hmm. like replaced all our monitors. So we allowed folks to take monitors home so they'd have an extra monitor in, a, in addition to their laptop. So it was easier for them to work from home. Sure. Our phone system, we had moved to a wipe mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. So everybody's phone could go to their, go to either their um, cell phone or to their laptop. So um, it was challenging in trying to get it all done when you're moving. But I think <laughs> the best thing was we were prepared because of the move to be able to move forward in the, in COVID without having too much of a bump, too much of a blimp. Sure. So, so basically what you're saying is the planning that you're doing, uh, anticipating the move actually helped um, yes. when something unforeseen like the pandemic came up because you were ready to move your, your team kind of well, to a, the ability to work more remotely anyway. This so. gets to something a little later, but um, we had already made the decision that because some folks commutes were gonna be in some cases maybe doubled, sure. that 
they were going to be able to work remote up to three days a week and that we would mm -hmm. have core hours mm -hmm. so that they could do make their commute such that they could miss the worst of traffic. So if you wanted to work from six to two, so you missed the, you know, the rush hour, that was fine. You just had to be in the office or available during certain core hours. So that's really part of what we did in preparation for the move. That's great. So I think it's just incredible. You know, we've talked before and, and you know, about the move and, and the great effort that you guys have done. But I've heard from you that you've had a lot of great comments from your members regarding how the team navigated both the move and the pandemic. Um, talk a little bit about their comments and what they've said about the organization's ability to continue to support membership during the pandemic and that. Some move. of the committee chairs and also board members have noted that we didn't really skip a beat. Yeah. And I know a lot of organizations did because they weren't as prepared as we were, mm -hmm. but it was nice to hear and to be acknowledged by your members and your board that yeah. you were able to not skip a beat, almost business as usual. Mm -hmm. um, our members were considered essential workers mm -hmm. under COVID. So okay. in many cases, their work continued. So us supporting them had to continue to. So um, we just, the compliments was really nice. I mean, even in that time, we did things like implement a new funding model, implement, implement a new LMS CMS system, add mm -hmm. things to our current platform. And since mm -hmm. it was all digital and cloud-based, folks mm -hmm. could do it from anywhere. And um, so we didn't put those kinds of things on hold. So not only were you doing just the day-to-day -day operational things, you were implementing a CMS, it sounded like, an LMS, you know, yep. going through and, and doing some extra things that would be challenging and somewhat disruptive in a normal environment. So so kudos to you yeah. and the team. And it's just, you know, we have a long-standing relationship with you guys and we know what a great job you do, but I just think it's great how you've been able to navigate through that as a team and an organization. And, and so great job. Well, and at the same time for our members, we took our committee days and made it 100% virtual. Mm -hmm. um, and that I um, and our members appreciated that and our attendance was up over when it was in face to face because more people right. could participate in the meetings. And yep. so we have learned going forward, events are going to have to be hybrid. Yep. That's great. So there's a lot of things you've learned through this as well. So. So yeah. what, are, what are some of the specific things the PCI leadership team has done to ensure not only the safety of, of your team, um, but also that they continue to be supported in their various roles as they work remote and some are coming into the office, some aren't, you know, how, how have you kind of approached that to ensure their safety and their support um, continues? Well, when we <laughs> first started down this road and we were gonna be in the new office, we had a partner partnership with a company that worked on safety. Okay. So we, uh, under the CEO's leadership, worked with that company to put in place COVID protocols and COVID rules. We um, put a survey in place that mm -hmm. you had to, if you were going to come into the office, you had to take the survey, pass the survey, and then you had to put on the, our attendance calendar that everyone can see that you would be in the office so we didn't have too many people in at the time. For those folks who chose not to come in, especially if they didn't want to get on public transportation, 
which mm -hmm. I can understand. Um, like I said, we made sure that if they had an issue with their Wi-Fi or if they needed a printer, there's a couple of folks that got printers, laptop, you know, and the monitors and whatever we could. In addition, flexibility in hours. Sure. I don't know how many folks out there probably have a staff person who was on a Zoom call with you that had kid running in the room. <laughs> you just have mm -hmm. to learn to be flexible. And in understanding yeah. that in cases where you also have obligations because of COVID, mm -hmm. you have to be flexible in the hours. I want you to get the work done, but if that means you have to do it at eight o'clock at night because your kids are finally in bed, that's mm -hmm. okay. And we had to do that kind of flexibility during COVID. I don't know that we will have to do that once we're back to whatever the new normal is. Sure, sure. But what I'm hearing you saying is that ability to be flexible, to have that kind of trust with your team and that those expectations are kind of set there anyway. And, you know, the main goal was let's get your job done and, and continue to do that. But we could be flexible about how you do that. Um, and, and it's just that open communication between probably that person and, the, and their supervisor, you know, to understand that, I think sounds like it, it was key um, and being able to support them working remotely um, mm -hmm. at the same time. So. So you talk a little bit about, let's look ahead just a little bit. And as we look into like the, say the next three to six months, mm -hmm. um, how's PCI approaching the ability for the team to return to the office on a more regular basis? Well, <clears throat> we probably have in the office today about six or seven people. Okay. Uh, um, what we've done, we still like people, we're, we're, we're trying to, we're gonna have to talk a little bit about our rules now that more people are getting vaccinated. Sure. But we, um, we still have folks take the survey. We have, um, just so that we have the comfort of that, they tell us mm -hmm. when they're gonna be in. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we're gonna phase in having people come back to the office. Okay. Um, so, you know, based on whatever the guidelines are at the time. But sure. we have um, really, we've implemented before, before this, I didn't even know what Microsoft Teams was. Mm. <laughs> and I would say that we as an organization use it very heavily, not mm. so much Zoom, but because we already have Office 365, we just utilize the tool we already had. Um, it gives us the ability that it's like, I'm, I likened it to aiming when you were a kid, but I don't know if you remember yeah. that, <laughs> I aiming um, mm -hmm. when you were a kid. That, it just gives you the ability, if you get a quick question mm -hmm. and you see their dot is green, mm -hmm. you can text them. Even if it's red and they're multitasking, you can get a response. Sure, sure. We just made sure that folks had the tools to be able to work remotely. Sure. Um, in some cases, if their bandwidth wasn't as good, we'd like to see their face, but we may not see their face on a meeting because sure. they're bandwidth. Um, but we um, we just did that as we're planning to look forward, we're, and I'm sure other organizations are doing this. We're gonna wait and try to, we're gonna see what the guidance is. We got a little more guidance yesterday, I think from the CDC mm -hmm. about being outside once you're vaccinated. We hope that there will be some more, but sure. we feel that we're gonna phase people in over the next two, three months Mm -hmm. We are still going to maintain that up to three days remote sure. and the core hours. 
notes because mm -hmm. um, we were planning on that anyway. Um, mm -hmm. I think some of the articles that are out and I'm sharing with some of my uh, colleagues, so some folks don't want to come back. I don't know mm -hmm. how we're going to struggle with that, even if sure. they're local, but we're mm -hmm. working on that and we'll be discussing that as a group. Sure. So um, you mentioned a little bit about some of your articles and stuff. Now that, that kind of leads me to another question is, you know, can you share with us some of the resources and tools that you're using as an executive team or you personally, just to kind of stay up on all the numerous federal and local guidelines yeah. that are coming out and, you know, they're overwhelming sometimes. And, and have you found some like really good resources or networks or communities that you've been a part of that that are helping you know to navigate through this and to provide some of that guidance for you as you make decisions. Yeah, well, I have one very um, active member who, whenever he finds an article, <laughs> sends it to me. That's great. So I have okay. something to read. We also continue to work with that safety partner. Okay. Um, as we've moved through, I have also been looking at resources in SHRM. Okay. About returning. I say anything at ASAE, but I also, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm getting lots of articles to read that are just being pushed to my email. Sure. So sure. I review them and see if they um, pertain to our organization and then I share them. Okay. Um, we do have some discussions in our leadership team from time to time about anything, concerns that may have come up from their staff and how we're going to address them. But to mm -hmm. stay on top of the guidelines, especially the state and the city of Chicago, because the city of Chicago isn't always the same as, <laughs> as the state. And since we are, even though we're out by Rosemont, we're still in the city of Chicago. So we oh. have to follow those guidelines. Sure. Um, so that's really what we've been doing is just trying to keep on top of all the information. Because um, mm. especially when it comes to meetings, because we're going to have a hybrid meeting coming up in May. So what are the guidelines that we have to do there with COVID compliance officers at meetings? Sure. Um, and so that's how we're keeping on top of we're looking at local. If we're going to have a meeting somewhere, we look at the local conditions, what their guidance is. Mm -hmm. For us in the office, it's going to be what is Chicago doing? Sure. So that we know how to phase folks back in. Um, and we stay on, like I said, I share articles probably beyond what the rest of the staff want and anything <laughs> that I might see that I think would be of interest that they may be able to share with their staff too, um, mm. as they want to. Sure. Absolutely. So it sounds to me like, you know, that communication is key. And we talk about that in a lot of different areas of the organization, but just staying up um, to date with not only what's coming in and what's out there, but also then communicating that, even if it's sometimes it's, it's a little more than maybe they want, but kind of over communicating and, and kind of putting some, some uh, well, you know, details behind some of the decisions you're making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would rather that they choose the delete button than me. <laughs> there you go. So, um, so I prefer to maybe give them as much, especially the CEO, because he probably gets more thrown at him than I do. Sure. sure. Um, so because I, in my role, I do HR, membership, meetings, IT, and finance. And so I get information from a multitude of um, folks. Sure, sure. So just to kind of wrap up is, can you talk a little bit about, you said you had a hybrid meeting coming up in May. Can you 
Can you talk about some of the guidelines that you're going to have in place for those those members that are going to be there in person? Well, and how the, you're handling the hybrid, that? The hybrid event is in New Orleans. Okay. Um, and you have to know that even in Louisiana, even what New Orleans is doing, it depends on how what that quarter is doing. You know, like what's okay. happening? What are the rules in that front quarter? Mm -hmm. So um, right now we are. It has made the cost of the event probably about fifty thousand dollars more. Wow. Because you have to have folks who will take your temperature before you go in. Mm -hmm. You have to have compliance officers. And we didn't want it to be staff because we didn't want staff to be responsible for being masked police. Sure. So we have compliance officers that will be um, there telling folks that they have to keep their mask on. Um, and we arranged, we have a part, we have a sister organization called NPCA. And so okay. this is our convention at the trade show. And so they run the trade show and we run our convention. And um, so we're doing this in partners. So they've worked with the city and with the convention center itself because the convention center may have different rules than the city does. Um, you can't have more than, I think at this point, five people in a 12, in an eight foot round. Hmm. Folks can only have to be at least four feet apart, if not six. Hmm. Um, so we've had to adjust all of our, the way we do room setups, what we have to make sure that there's sanitizer, we have extra masks in case anyone doesn't have their mask. Hmm. Um, they're also, they're gonna have a kind of a medical tent so that if you come and get your temperature taken and you have a slight fever, you can go sit there, get some water, cool down, and then mm -hmm. they'll take your temperature again. So the convention center has us down. Mm -hmm. it, it's just that we have to make sure that we have everything in place for the safety of our members. Sure. Um, sure. We also, we're making it hybrid because all, some states still are companies not allowing their folks to travel. Mm -hmm. So at this point, we have about, in our registration numbers, about 60% are coming in person, 40 to 45% are gonna be hybrid. Okay. Because we have at times nine sessions at the same time, wow. we hired a production company. Okay. Because this mm -hmm. is not something staff could do. We did sure. our committee days with staff only, but that was mm -hmm. staggered. There wasn't yeah. more than one or two sessions. This is, nine sessions at the same time that you have to have hybrid, that was beyond our capability. So we knew to hire someone to do that for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that's what's great about, you know, your team and working with them is your ability to kind of think outside the box and, you know, continue to support your members and your, and your, your staff, but, you know, going out and getting that help if you need it and not trying to do it all yourself. And I think it's going to ultimately you know, uh, lead to a great event, which you guys are always known for putting on. So, so I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. We already have t um, over 200 members that are signed up for our welcome reception. Wow. We, we didn't think we'd have that. We weren't sure, sure what the numbers were going to be because it's hard to tell how many mm -hmm. folks are willing to travel at this time and how many companies are allowing their staff to travel at this time. Sure. We know that we won't have any students this year because we normally have students and there will be mm -hmm. fewer academics. Mm -hmm. So that sector may be participating more via virtual 
then they will be in person. Yeah, absolutely. So, but we're looking forward to, we think it's gonna be successful. It's yeah. just been interesting during COVID and the pandemic and all the additional things that you have to look for and take care of in order to have yeah. a safe event. Sure. Well, it, it sounds like another uh, story in the making, so to speak, of, of the yeah. PCI team going above and beyond to be able to deliver something in the face of adversity and, and all that kind of thing. So um, I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And, and I want to thank you for joining me today and, and sharing your insight and expertise on this topic. Um, it's always great to get to talk with you. And it was a pleasure to be able to connect you with our listeners regarding this topic. And so, so I really appreciate that, Beth. Um, and to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with Beth, you can email her directly at bthaylor at pci.org. For more tips and support for strengthening your association, be sure to visit orgsource.com. And if you'd like to access, uh, if you'd like access to relevant information and resources, please consider joining.org community, which is a platform for association leaders to connect and learn from one another and .orgsource consultants. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Association 4.0 podcast and have a great afternoon. I hope you enjoyed this episode and discover tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com to find out how to get your organization on track to Association 4.0. You can also engage in other educational content by becoming a member of .org community or reading our books on Association 4.0, which you can find on Amazon. We look forward to hearing from you soon.